Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast whose job is getting much easier, <laughs> keeping the Christmas spirit alive right now. Yeah, oh, totally. Because it's like Christmas. Look, two out of the three of us have Christmas trees behind us. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make a line. point next year to put a Christmas tree in my bedroom. I mean, I bedroom. see no problem with this. So <laughs> we have one in our bedroom. I just need to buy another tree. We have. And now, you have an excuse. As if we need an excuse to buy more trees. That's right. <laughs> we have 12 trees up now. So is that like, what, like four feet and higher? Like, what do we qualify as? Okay, a- if we go with four feet or higher, we have one, two, seven. See, like, I've got this little guy on my desk all year long, right? Oh, But I, I don't count him. that as one of my, like, trees. Christine has a forest. She has a forest of glitter, of like a, um, old school garland trees that are about two feet oh nice you'll see it when you come to our house for our christmas party anthony will miss you check out the mugs the glasses i was given speaking of anthony i'm anthony i love that i'm julia and i'm tom (laughs) (laughs) at this point everybody knows who we are (laughs) y'all i just promised julia i would keep us on track in an order and i've already blown that (laughs) i think it's funnier out of order Well, and our new listeners will know right away that we really do love. We love the season so much. We can't even help it. Exactly. And each other. And each other. other How was Thanksgiving, gang? Black Friday, Thanksgiving. Good. Saturday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, all those things. (laughs) It It was was good. good. Lots of good food and families all got together. It was good. I discovered the drunker I get the better I am at darts. That's a great combination because typically you would think you the drunker you got the worse. I beat all my cousins. Oh my goodness. That was awesome. I typically have a rule when there's alcohol involved, I keep sharp pointy things at bay. (laughs) Me and you have a very different uh, set of rules. (laughs) Bring in the sharp pointy things. (laughs) I... I didn't get much done Black Friday, though. I bought the new Star Wars video game that came out for the PS4. And uh, so you know how this time of year they have, like, the pajama pants and, like, for, like, every Christmas movie and special and, like, the boxer shorts for every Christmas movie and special and stuff? Oh, yeah. So I'm set to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year long, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You went crazy on the Christmas branded items. I did. I'm a sucker. No problem with this. (laughs) I don't know why you're apologizing. (laughs) Y'all, my mom came. And so Christine and I did Thanksgiving at our house. And her parents came over. And we had a great time. It was my mom's birthday. Um, Yeah. And I took her to the airport yesterday. And she had to be at the airport by four in the morning. I got up and drove her. But as I was coming home, I saw the biggest coyote I've ever seen running through our neighborhood. Oh my gosh. I know. It was this huge coyote. And I had to turn around and follow it and stalk it. I'm like, yep, that's a coyote. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a coyote outside of the zoo. Really? And then he went into the unknown. Oh. Into the unknown. Is that a song? From the new Frozen movie. From Frozen 2. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it yet, but Hannah did. And I know we were wait- y'all were weighing in with your Frozen 2 opinions. She liked it better than the first one. But she did she agree about the music? She didn't think the music was as memorable, but she okay, thought so Olaf was the best in this Olaf film. had the best sequence, hands down, in this film. Yeah. Well, in general, Olaf is her favorite. And she said there was so much just really good Olaf in this one. And she loved all the backstory and she loved the design of it. 
Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was a beautiful I will say, movie. I will say, um, Ellie's been obsessed with the music from this one a lot more than the first one. And the more I listen to it, the better it is. Yeah. Have you? Did you listen, Anthony Weezer? Did the yes. Lost in the Woods and Panic yep. at the yeah. Disco? Did. And it's incredible the Weezer cover. The Panic at the, the Disco cover of Into yet? the Unknown is amazing too. Did, did you uh, stay for the after credits scene, Tom? We did. Uh, by the way, Tom, I have to thank you because you are not the worst. <laughs> so That's good. I got my Tissa podcast jacket on Friday. <gasps> Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. And Sunday we went into the city with Sarah's cousin and it was raining and sleeting and snowing and I had no umbrella and it was pouring down. It was awful. But... I was bone dry beneath that jacket. That jacket's waterproof and it was windproof. Awesome. Windproof. My whole torso was dry. Pants and shoes and face and everything, not so much. But that thing is legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I've, I've been wearing it instead of my big coat on these really cold mornings and like it totally does the job because of the yep. wind. It cuts the wind. Yep. Yeah. Magic. It's magic. Uh, but yeah, I kind of, we had a snow day yesterday. Well, I worked <gasps> from home snow day, but oh. we got a lot. Mm-hmm. Nice. How much, how much is a lot? Mm, for this time of year, it's about six, six and a half. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like cumulative totals in the state of Oklahoma for three Christmases combined. If oh, we're lucky. No, it's depressing, isn't it? It's really it's sad. Really depressing. Yeah. But yeah, so Tom, awesome job picking out the jackets, my friend. Thank you. I just wish they had had a hoodie. I just yeah. wish somebody got to work on that beanie, Dad. <laughs> I've got one. I just haven't gotten it sourced, and they just—they're just overpriced, y'all. Like I know twenty-three dollars for a beanie seems ridiculous to me. That's a lot. Ridiculous. You know what was not ridiculous? What that was the worst segue <laughs> we've had yet? <laughs> the. 1947 timeless classic miracle on 34th street i wish to challenge you Uh-oh. anthony you're gonna get us people are gonna hate us because of you like <laughs> y- you take you take bad you take bad stances on really really good movies debatable just think of the, <laughs> the time when this movie was made like <laughs> we'll we'll get into it <sighs> okay so we did the modern miracle on 34th street so I don't know that we need to go really in depth as to the story. If you're curious, you can go back and check out that episode. We'll just say Santa Claus comes to New York City for whatever reason, gets a job in a parade, then decides to work in a department store. People don't believe he's Santa and get him put in an institution. We have a big trial where he is deemed by the state of New York to be the actual Santa Claus, and we're done. <laughs> Accurate. So yeah. let's Although, although for whatever reason, I think it's fair to say that in both films, it was because the Santa in the parade was drunk. So he got accidentally yep. fell into the job. You know, um, I have a friend who's part of the Brotherhood of the Real Bearded Santa. And from some of the stories he's heard, I see why they drink. Oh. <laughs> Julia, do you want to start off with your history of this movie? Yeah, so I am pretty sure... I saw the modern Miracle on 34th Street before I saw the original Miracle on 34th Street, just because the time, right? The the modern was early 90s. Um, but quickly after I saw the modern one, my mom showed me the original. And um, my mom and I watched a lot of older movies together. It was just kind of our thing. We love a lot of these older movies. And so I have some really warm nostalgia built up in my body for this one. <laughs> so... Well, I don't remember my age. I'm pretty sure, you know, it was probably early 90s that I saw it as well for the first time. But stuck with me. What about you, Anthony? Uh, similar. I saw the remake before this one. I saw this one soon after. And I love both versions. So... Oh, yeah. no, one, no one's going to hate Anthony tonight. Yeah. You're such a troll. <laughs> uh, I think there are some things the remake did better, but I think there are definitely some things this original did better that the remake couldn't touch, but we'll get into that. So I would agree with that, Anthony, but we'll get into that uh, in a minute. I don't remember a time without this movie. Growing up with my grandparents, this was something we watched. It was a part of their childhood. It was part of our parents' generation's childhood. And it was part of my childhood. 
And um, as a kid, I thought it was really boring. Really, really boring. <laughs> I mean, it was black and white. It was slow. The acting, very 1940s. So I, I, but watching it as an adult where I can appreciate time in which it was filmed, the acting style, all of that good jazz. Uh, I like it a lot more. I tried watching it with Ellie and that did not work. She was not into this movie at all. So did, did we um, all watch this in black and white on Disney Plus? I, I did. did. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the colorized version. I haven't either. It's funny because Disney Plus it's in black and white, but their little graphic for the movie is the colorized version. It's the color one, yeah. The girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is funny. I always find um, old movies colorized. They look a little weird. They're a little garish. Yeah, they are. Uh, so let's jump right into the credits for this movie. Like I said, this movie is from 1947. Uh, so a little bit before any of us were born, even Anthony. It was directed by George Jeez, Seaton. Anthony. Uh-huh. <laughs> George Seaton did a lot of movies uh, starting in the 30s. He was one of the contributing writers, but uncredited with The Wizard of Oz. So he was involved there. As far as actually, I should say he wrote and directed this one. Um, as far as his directing credits go, um, there was nothing I actually really knew that he's done. Uh, he did a movie called The Hook, 36 Hours, Airport Showdown, and he did the 20th Annual Academy Awards in 1956. Hmm. Um, but that's really all I know. Um, we could go in another order, but I'm going to start with the most famous person from this film, I think, the one I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start with the uh, little girl, Susan Walker, mm-hmm. who is played by the iconic Natalie Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Wood had quite the illustrious career in Hollywood before her uh, untimely death. She started back in 1943. Some of her more famous movies that we know that we uh, have include like Rebel Without a Cause. She was Maria in West Side Story. She was uh, in Splendor in the Grass. Um, she played. She was in the TV version adaptation of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. She was in Gypsy. I mean, we could go on and on. She's pretty. Um, She's pretty iconic, and she's one of those people I grew up knowing who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and to only have been 43 years and have left the mark that she left on Hollywood is pretty darn impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, her mother in this movie, another Doris Walker, actress. is another mm-hmm. famous actress with a long Hollywood career, is Maureen O'Hara, um, which I didn't know. She just died a couple years ago. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. saw that too. Yeah, she lived to be 95 and she died in uh, Boise, Idaho, which is a sad, sad place to go. And <laughs> a sad place to go. <laughs> but she was acting up until 2000, um, which is pretty impressive for somebody born in 1920. Um, her roles include her, um, The Parent Trap. The she original. Movie- the original 1961 oh Haley Mills version. One of my favorite movies of all time. It's such a good movie. She was in The Quiet. She was in The uh, the Quiet Man. Um, her first movie goes back to 1938, where she was a secretary in a movie called The Playboy. She hmm. was um, in Buffalo Bill. I'm trying to see anything else that I recognize. She's in McClintock. Love that movie. She was in McClintock. Quiet Man, yeah. lots of John Wayne. Lots of, uh, yeah. Our, one of our heroes in this, uh, Fred Galley, was played by John Payne. John Payne did movies like Kansas City Confidential, The Restless Gun, 99 Street, uh, 99 River Street, um, and his career spanned quite a while as well, going back to 1936, uh, all the way up till 1975. Our Santa, who, hmm. let's just all get this out of the way, definitely hashtag my Santa, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. I did not realize until I was watching it this time that I think most of my childhood images of Santa are Ed, Edmund Gwen. Like when I think yes. back on Santa. He was born in 1877. Oh my gosh. Which is just 
insane. I mean, like absolutely insane. I mean, if you think about when the film was was made, he had to have been born sometime around then. Oh, please. D- didn't you guys see that uh, when I posted the social medias that we were doing this episode, I hashtagged it. That's my Santa. I did. I did. Oh, but, I didn't well, see People that. don't know which one of us do that. So that's true. Well, and we uh, never know with you because like, I don't know. I feel like well, I can't to- trust anything you say now. Because of anybody this. Want to take a, anybody want to take a guess at what year his first film credit was? His first film credit? Just guess what year. Anthony, don't look it up. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. 1916. Good grief. So his first, his first movie was over 100 years ago. Um, he did oh, films like The Trouble with Harry, Them, Between Two Worlds. Um, and was acting all the way up until... Uh, Almost until he died in 1957. Wow, he's such Our, a cute little Santa. He is he, such a great Santa. He's like an elf. Oh my he's god, the elf! The beginning when he is telling the store owner he's getting the reindeer mixed up when he's putting out this sleigh—that <laughs> was adorable. You have da- Dasher has to be on my right. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Harper is played by Gene Lockhart, another 19th century born fellow who started his career in 1922 he did he was in movies with all of the big greats he was in uh carrie grant movie his friday girl he acted with danny Kaye. he was in uh also continued to act all the way up until 1957 um which is the year that he died uh the only other person i'm going to mention i think is sawyer our antagonist the evil man here um he was born in 1980 or i'm sorry in 1888 (laughs) wait Uh, when you say he's the evil man is he the lawyer or the guy who got santa committed the guy who got santa committed the one the 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 faux shrink who was there to do i don't remember what he was there to do but he wasn't supposed to be a psychiatrist okay because i do think the lawyer should be mentioned too he's pretty mean okay i'll add the, the lawyer but he was not a bad guy he was no. in a really tough situation. So Porter <laughs> Hall's career goes back to 1931 and included movies. He was also in his Friday Girl, uh, Ace in the Hole with Kirk Douglas. Uh, Ooh, he was in of, Double Indemnity? He was in Double Indemnity, The Half-Breed, Ace in the Hole, Sullivan's Travels, Arizona. Um, quite a long career as well, going all the way until 1954. Um the year he also died in the mid 50s and then we will go with district attorney thomas mara we'll put a pause mm-hmm. <laughs> our house is a crazy house the y'all same time. <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's the whole song y'all <laughs> All right, District Attorney Thomas Mara, uh, who is in the very unfortunate role of prosecuting Santa, which he does not want to do and does not enjoy doing, uh, is played by Jerome Cowan, who is one of Hollywood's most prolific and instantly recognizable character actors. Um, He, uh, let's go back, he started his career, I mean, it is a a lot of movies in 1936. he was in East Side of Heaven, The Saints Strike Back, Green Acres, The Debbie Reynolds Show, The Doris Day Show, The Mother, the Mothers-in-Law. Uh, he was in Daniel, the TV series Daniel Boone. He was in The Munsters. He was in The Gilmore Maltese Pilot. Falcon. Who, who was he in The Munsters? Was it just like, like a Ted, guest spot? Ted Thatcher. He was a human. Yeah. He was a, yeah, he like was a... involved in the, the lawsuit. Uh, but he did a lot of character roles. He was in the. He was a recurring role in the Real McCoys, recurring role in the Outlaws, the Tab Hunter Show. Um, yeah, just a lot to his name. It's interesting in these old movies. We don't really have. Um, I think I noticed that there's no score, right? There's no Mm-mm. music to give it the feeling. Um, not yeah, not just. And this, I think that was one of the things that, as I was watching it, I thought, you know, this would be so much better if there were music in the background but um, they have music at the beginning and the end that's generally how they did it right mm-hmm. but you it made me realize how important score is to films now uh, absolutely 
Um, all right, let's rank this movie. I'm just kidding. So can I jump right into something I want to talk about regarding this? Yeah. Movie? Jump in, Anthony. You've got something you're jumping at the bit to tell us. Yeah. So well, just to discuss, opening a line of discussion here for us. So like Julie <laughs> Andrews said, let's start at the very beginning. And by the very beginning, I mean the very end. Because while I like <laughs> the ending to this film, I don't like the resolution in the courthouse as much as I do in the remake. I feel like, in my opinion, like I like the letters. I think there's something very sweet about all these children's letters helping to exonerate Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. But the In God We Trust in the remake... I preferred. There's a tie. It's kind of like I discussed in that episode. Like it ties a uh, religious Back aspect. To the real Christmas. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, just that theme we see come up in a lot of movies that's summarized in the Santa Claus: seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. And mm-hmm. I just felt that was a more poignant resolution than this film. So I was wondering what you guys thought. I agree. I agree entirely. I like what the remake did with. With the resolution. Um, the biggest thing that bothers me about the original and the resolution is how anticlimactic it is. Like, there ain't no buildup. Like, the judge basically is just like, yeah, that works for me. Slams the gavel, <laughs> and then that's it. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't well, triumphant like it should have been. And, and the judge's like whole... Opportunity. Yeah, and the judge's whole, like, self-serving political motives bother me. But in the new one, I'm just... I'm tired of religious stuff being crammed down my throat this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like being God we trust a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, but I do like there's the, the, I, if it were redone today this way, like the dream, the, the carrying all the little letters in could have been so much more dramatic. Right. Well, yeah. with this, really well, it goes back to what you were saying, Tom, this could have been more dramatic with the proper score. Even music, yeah. the music could have had a huge bearing bearing. Yep. yep. So yeah, let's just start at the beginning. The and again, it's it's me reminding myself of what when this movie was made. But uh, as we meet, okay. Well, it's not, it's not really at the beginning. The beginning is good. Like we see uh, Chris Kringle walking around and and happening upon this drunk Santa. And I like the drunk Santa. His voice is very. <laughs> He's a lot more of a. I like the drunk Santa in the original more than in the new one. He's Me a lot too. less smarmy and sweaty looking. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of like comical drunk, kind of like the wife, the psychiatrist's wife later in the movie that always makes me laugh. She's a bit of a lush. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to wonder, like, did they shoot that at the real parade back in the day? It sure looks yes. like it. It sure looks like, like it. I know nowadays you can like CGI in footage. Yeah. But like back then, that looked pretty real. And I kind of yeah. wish that was the one scene I wish I could see in color to see what that looked like back then. Yes. But. Yeah, that would have been a great scene in color. And it was really good timing us watching this movie when we did because like we literally just watched the Thanksgiving Day Parade and it was neat. It was just neat. Well, it's like we said with the remake we covered last year that's a good transition from thanksgiving to christmas movie and i think partly because of the parade (laughs) it is for sure and uh the parade was much smaller than the ones now we watched it you know this year Mm -hmm. but there's something so much more magical about everything here Mm -hmm. yeah this movie is magical except for the fact santa just like in the remake whips his reindeer way too hard (laughs) Uh, I don't think he's hitting the reindeer. I think he's whipping the air above them. He's making the pop sound. So he's mentally scarring the reindeer. Okay. Oh uh, it's, just to catch their, it's just to catch their attention. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> so you know the, the, the young guy, Alvin? Or what's his name? In the, did you read this, Anthony? I loved his character. Yes, Al, his, He too. was Alfred. He's played by a guy named Al, uh, Alvin Greenman. And it was Alvin's first movie. And Edmund Santa actually, like just like in the movie where he's taking him under his wing to mentor him on how to be Santa, he's mm-hmm. taking he took this actor who was his first movie under his wing and taught him the ropes and mentored him. Oh my him goodness, as a, I didn't know that. Too. That's awesome. Yep. That's I what, uh, loved his character. 
I thought he was such a good addition. Like, I kind of wish he, they had kept that in the remake. And it was kind of heavy, like, for the time, right? And what they were implying about this character. Like, I'm surprised yeah. that was in a movie in 1947 that he was being, you know, that the fake psychiatrist even implied he was being inappropriate with children. I yeah. loved watching Santa and him interact. It mm-hmm. added a whole depth to Santa that the new one didn't have. Because yeah, you didn't did. have that opportunity to connect with somebody else like that. So something I had a hard time with in this movie that I don't think is just me looking at it from a different time period. Uh, Fred getting real chummy chummy with Susan. <laughs> Seemed very <laughs> odd to me that this grown man is bringing a child into his apartment to watch the parade and mom is perfectly okay with it. And then he just starts taking her around town. Well, especially because they didn't they first met when she went to pick up Susan, like right. him and her mother. Like at least in the remake, they knew each other. Their neighbors, her friends. Right. But well, like, he had been, he'd seen, they'd seen each other around. Yeah, I guess, but they hadn't met. And he was immediately interested because he said, you know, what if it's all a ploy for me to get to know his mother? So <laughs> mother. Best way to, the best way to get to a child, uh, a mother is through her child. Yeah. A little, <laughs> Just it's definitely a, a time of, a different it was definitely a different time <laughs> a lot more trusting time but you know what i thought i thought that fred um the recasting of fred in the new version compared to this one was super accurate like it felt like a, a very similar character to me um but just a modern version i don't remember if his name was and it wasn't fred in the remake but so i actually preferred fred in this one I like that oh. old Hollywood style. Like I, you know, to I mentioned to Dermot. To you Dylan, know, I have problems with one. both of them. You know, <laughs> I have problems with both of them. I thought the mother was yeah. spot on casting in the remake compared to this one. Yes, but I feel like they picked a, a in McDermott. Is McDermott? It's Dylan. Dylan McDermott. McDermott. Yep. In Dermot, they picked a modern version of the same guy, though. Yeah. Like, he looks like him. He carries himself like him. They did a good yeah. job in the new, in the remake of trying to make the characters have this, a similar but modern feel to these characters, which was nice. I agree. Even down to Susan. Although yeah. this Susan is much colder, much colder. She is, but she's still pragmatic. Yeah. Okay, you know, you know what? The one scene I didn't like in this, because there's only really one scene I didn't like, when she asks to see his employment card and the camera focuses on it for like 20 seconds to let you read the whole thing, and then it cuts to her reaction like afterwards, it was just like a weird edit, like... That's how all movies were back then, like this. (laughs) I remember so many of those still shots on things you need to read it's like yeah. a thing right in 40s and mm-hmm. 50s movies is we expect you to read some of this so we're going to give you enough time because it's important <laughs> and we're making sure that we understand that people in this time were slower readers apparently <laughs> i uh, they had to accommodate for all levels i do i do wonder about the staff at macy's and it is macy's in this one which i prefer to these actual too. store Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder about the staff that signed him up for employment who just filed away his <laughs> information without questioning that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think HR was as big of a deal back then. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I do, do all sorts of stuff like um, the, I went and read the translation today because I was wondering what Chris and the little Dutch girl were saying to each other. Yeah, That made me so happy when i read that translation it melted my heart well i didn't see the translation so chris says hello i'm happy well you know so it, for those of you who haven't seen it or it's been a minute uh chris is there and a woman brings up a little girl who's been adopted and she's been in an orphanage and she's dutch and mm-hmm. um the mom's the the adoptive mother uh her mom at this point says oh i told her you don't speak dutch but she insisted that you were sinterklaas what she calls santa claus and she had to come and uh, Chris says in Dutch to her, hello, I'm happy you came. And she said, oh, you are Sinterklaas. And he says, yes, of course. She said, I knew you would understand. And he's like, naturally, tell me what you would like to get. And this part, they should have had like subtitles for. 
His yeah. little girl says, nothing. I have everything. I just want to be with this nice lady. Oh, what? Right? Yes. How cute is that? They should have the, had the, subtitles. Right? I love when they sing together, though. They sing St. Oh Nicholas, yeah. Little Capon, Put Something in My Little Shoe, Put Something in My Little Boot. Thank you, Little St. Nicholas. Oh, uh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I did like the sign language scene better, though. If you had this, to like, yeah, the sign language scene hit me more in the feels, but this one was just still just beautiful. Oh, both scenes were yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I think, and again, I think a lot of that has to do with the, you know, modern technology, the score and the lighting, and yeah, absolutely for like sure. It, yeah, but just speaking of score, did you guys hear? See that? I mean, it's well known fact that the first screening of star wars for the studio went over terrible like that first episode four and it was because there was no music so it's just these ridiculous space battles of cheesy effects and dialogue but it was when john williams music was added that they really felt they had something special oh that's awesome Mm -hmm. so music does make a huge difference it does does. speaking of saint nicholas friday is saint nicholas day just so everybody knows oh and, uh, do you do something this, special for that day? We do. We have a St. Nicholas party at church on Saturday. Yeah. Where St. Nicholas will be making an appearance. This guy. Oh, that's red exciting. Oh, we're red vestments and put white in my beard. It's not like we go over the top, but. I'll bring oh, the but a picture. Hashtag little, have to have a picture. Yeah, I'll bring the kids chocolate. Hashtag not my Santa. Um, <laughs> I don't. I'm okay with that. I'm very much okay with that. <laughs> and then uh, we will put Ellie's shoes by the front door on uh, Thursday night. And in the morning, she'll wake up to little chocolate gold coins in her shoe. Oh, I love that. That's sweet. So I do think Mara Wilson was better as a little girl than 100%. Natalie would. 100%. She was like, yeah. Like the other actors are comparable to me. Mm-hmm. But Mara Wilson shown a lot more of the remake as a little girl there's something so endearing about her as an actress Mm -hmm. yeah we really did this wrong we should have done this the other way around so we were comparing the new one to the old one not the old one to the new one yeah yeah i I think we talked about that we talked about (laughs) how we were were doing the remake first because we were like how much do we say in our histories about the original (laughs) (laughs) so i feel Uh, like (laughs) i do like the uh, my favorite scene is when um, Sawyer gets conked in the head. It, he had it coming. I'm glad you brought that up because I was literally about to go there too. He had it coming, but that was pure assault. Like at least <laughs> I, I feel in the re- I feel in the remake he was baited much more into it and he could have had more of a defense. But this one, yeah. the Santa purely assaulted the guy. <laughs> no, no provocation. This guy wasn't following him or threatening him. He just hit him <laughs> over the head. He se- he seeked him out for. But he also didn't hit him very hard because the guy was fine. Uh, the guy passed out. No, he didn't really. He looked out the window and saw people coming, and then went. I thought that was bad. Nineteen forties acting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did have a coming. Mm-hmm. And I he thought totally it was did. a lot worse how they tricked him into going to Bellevue in this one. Yeah. That was, that was heartbreaking. That There's was an heartbreaking. apartment complex here in Tulsa called Bellevue. And every time I drive by, I just think, why would you name an apartment complex Bellevue? Like, <laughs> Bellevue has a serious connotation. I liked some of the um, the moments with santa in this one that the newer one didn't have like the bubble gum in the beard i've always thought is a cute cute scene when he's picking mm-hmm. it out and he just goes oh it's just it's cute <laughs> um and then the monkey stuff with susan i quite liked as well and i liked how he really talked about you know make believe and fairy tales and imagination and the importance of all of that with her yep. um the connection, I felt the connection better between these two actors than I did in the newer one. Even though I love Richard Attenborough as, as Santa, the connection was better to me in this one. The connection was better, yeah. I agree with that. And it is weird because I love Richard Attenborough and I thought mm-hmm. Mara Wilson was better, but these mm-hmm. two definitely played the Bond better. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Um, I like Fred and Santa's relationship better in this one than the remake, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I do too. They're closer. Mm-hmm. And more yep. believable. Mm-hmm. And I... <laughs> And to jump to the end again, I love when they walk in the house and Fred sees a cane. And, like, the movie ends on a joke. Like, he was wondering whether he did the right thing getting this guy out of the mental hospital. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> so the house scene in the new one, I like better than the house scene in this one. Yep. But that a lot of that is set dressing and music, music behind it. Music. And the fact music. that the house was given to them in the new one, like where there was no question when they get in the house of, should we buy it or not? Let's buy it. You know, like in the original, it was like, no, like you got this bonus and the house is available and it's all decorated for Christmas and blah, blah, blah. Plus the baby thing in the new one. I always really loved. (laughs) So they make their relationship between the, what's the mother's name? Is it Susan? Susan's the daughter. The mother's Doris. Yeah, so they make the relationship between Doris and Fred in this one, like, they make Hallmark movies seem like they're taking their time, because <laughs> they're thinking about buying a house together at the end, yeah, <laughs> when, when they only just met <laughs> Thanksgiving Day. I think that's also indicative of the time period. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But at least, at least again, very short courtships after... At least in the... After the at least in the remake, they knew one another, even if their courtship was short. <laughs> True. Yeah. They did know each other. <laughs> when you know, you know. When I you loved know, when the, you know. I loved when they called um the prosecutor's son to the stand in this film. Thomas Morrow uh, Jr. Yes, My daddy never precious. lies. That scene was adorable. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. I liked that better in this one than in the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had that same similar scene. You know what I also liked comparing the two? Um, so when Santa first tells a customer where to go find a toy that's not Macy's, right? Uh-huh. That's not the store he's in. It's not Macy's in the modern one. Um, it's all. It's that one woman who's flabbergasted by what's happening. So it's uh-huh. Allison Janway in the new one, which is always so funny because you see her and you're like, Janie, not Janway. I love her. So she's the one in the remake. Very funny. Um, but this original one is very funny. <laughs> yeah. She is just like, I don't understand. <laughs> she has so much more. I don't know. Some of these older movies, they're really lacking in emotion on some of these, like especially yeah. funny emotion and there's no lacking in this one. No, she was really funny. So I think we should point out, by the way, that Edmund Gwen won the Oscar for Santa Claus in this movie. Oh, Did I he didn't really? know that. He won like support- best actor? Supporting actor. Good supporting. Mm-hmm. And Natalie Wood, this may speak to their chemistry, though he was the real Santa the entire time until the rap party. When she saw him out of costume. Really? Yep. <gasps> oh, oh, that's, that's terrible. so neat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought it was neat. I'm yeah, just thinking them. of what that must have been like for her, but, though. But when he accepted his Oscar, he said in a speech, now I know there's a Santa Claus. Oh. I love yep. that. He's I do, a too. great Santa. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, Marty not, was watching. not as fat as Santa usually is, but he was good. no, he wasn't. He didn't need any padding. But neither though. was Richard Anber. In fairness, right? They were comfortably padded. In fact, this Santa made fun of uh, that kid's weight about him overeating. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, Marty and I were talking this week about Santas and how our how Santas should be and. Um, Marty doesn't like grouchy Santas at all. He yeah. doesn't feel like a Santa should be grouchy. And I don't remember what was on what movie we were watching where Santa was kind of grouchy this week. But um, when he saw me watching this one, he pointed at it and he goes, that, that's what Santa should be like. It, it was mm-hmm. before he smacked that guy in the head with the cane. I'll give him <laughs> that. But but at the beginning, <laughs> like Cody's real sweet and loving, but also stern with the drunk guy, all in the name of protecting Santa and all of that stuff. He's like, that's how I picture Santa would be all the time, you know. Well, it's 
So I think a lot of that is Edmund Gwynn because mm-hmm. to talk about him for a little bit more. Um, the cast and crew were unanimous in their opinion of him. They loved him. Alvin Greenman, who played soft-spoken janitor Alfred, called him a dear, dear man. And Robert Hyatt, who played the judge's son, Tommy Jr., said in a 2001 interview, he was a really nice guy, always happy, always smiling. He had this little twinkle in his eye. And Maureen O'Hara said, by the time we were halfway through the shoot, everyone believed Edmund really was Santa Claus. I've never Aww. seen an actor more naturally suited for a role. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. That is yep. amazing. Yeah. I did love at the end when she invites him to uh, dinner for the dinner party, and he's like, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> she goes, oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she begins to believe yeah i love that she wrote him a letter too yes and that's the first one he read at the courthouse that was nice yeah mm-hmm. which yeah. yeah because it was heartbreaking when he purposefully failed his test because he thought she had him committed and she had him lied to him well why didn't she come here to tell me this herself yeah yeah <laughs> he gained 30 pounds to play chris kringle in this film Wow, this scrawny little thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not Santa, I mean. Oh, that answers my question. The scenes of the parade are the actual parade held in 1946. Oh my goodness. So, I, so they did that the year before, huh? Mm-hmm. It was this mad scramble to get all the shots we needed, and we got to do each scene only once, Maureen O'Hara wow. said. It Her was shoulder bitterly- pads are off the hook <laughs> in that first scene. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she looks like a flipping linebacker with <laughs> with a nice wool coat on. It was bitterly cold that day, and she, Maureen, and Edmund envy Natalie and John Payne, who were watching the parade from a window while they were out. Yeah, I'll bet they did. <laughs> <laughs> I, guys, I really did love this movie. I love this movie. But me too. To compare, not to you know, this will kind of a spoiler for our when we get to our rankings i do give the slight edge to the remake and it all comes down to the ending for me that final courtroom scene that's fair yep i could see that that's fair um any more favorite quotes or anything we want to cover so i like when <laughs> um doris is saying this guy's crazy he thinks he's Santa, but they realize he's an asset to the store and actually driving a business, so they're trying to make excuses for him. And her partner's like, but but maybe he's only a little crazy, like painters or composers or, or some of those men in Washington. <laughs> I like when Fred says, faith is believing when common sense tells you not to. Don't you see? It's not just Chris that's on trial. It's everything he stands for. It's kindness and joy and love and all the other intangibles. The breakup scene? I like that. And yeah. I did like Doris's dry wit, like when Susan was saying, but I saw him speak Dutch to the girl, and she's like, I speak French. It doesn't make me Joan of Arc. Yeah. <laughs> she was harsher in this one, I feel. Mm-hmm. She was. There's a lot more doubt in... <sighs> the Doris. I remember if she's Doris in the remake or not, but there's a lot more doubt early on in that one than there is in this Doris. One thing really annoyed me. What? What? The question of whether he sleeps with his beard in the blanket or outside of the blanket. Yeah. (laughs) If you have a beard, that's not really something you think about. That's not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know my beard is short right now, but I I think about that every night. (laughs) um i did like i feel like chris at one point summed up what how we feel at the podcast when he says christmas isn't just a day it's a frame of mind and that's what's been changing that's why i'm glad i'm here maybe i can do something about it yeah that should be our new motto (laughs) yeah i can get on board with that (laughs) I think that's it for me. So should we move on to ranking this puppy? We should. We should. Well, this one is going to be an easy one to rank because all we really need to compare it to is the other one, right? I was about to say, what did we I did, give the other We one? did the hard work already. 
I'm going to wait and let Anthony is always our last. I'm going to give this one to Anthony. So I gave the remake a 9.5. So I am going to give this a 9.45. It loses out that little 0.5 based on the ending. I gave the original a 9.5 and I'm actually surprising myself and I'm coming in a bit higher on this one at a 9.6. Wow. I'm going to come in a bit higher. I gave the last one an 8. I'm going to give this one a 9. So what's that average? 9.35. 9.35, which puts it at number 5 on our list. In between, Holy cow. In uh, between... Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, the 2018 version, and The Muppet's Christmas Carol slash Mrs. Santa Claus. So I am very happy with that spot. I am very okay with that as well. Um, We did get one comment on Reddit I wanted to read from Disco54. And he wrote, this version took me by surprise. I only watched it last year for the first time. It's very stark, very austere, almost Victorian in its storytelling. But I actually think the plot is much tighter and more logical than the remake. It's far less of a leap of logic to say that kids have faith in the Postal Service, which actually gets it done than the Treasury has faith in God. So we disagree on that point. But I get what he's saying. That mm-hmm. said, the remake has Mara Wilson, who is adorable, can do no wrong, and it obviously looks way better. I have to agree with that. It was good. Mm-hmm. This was really yeah. good. This one really, really was good. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. It obviously passed the Linus test. We didn't even mention it, but we did with the first one. Same plot. Uh, I'm going to argue and say it failed. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, Anthony. Oh, what a funny, funny guy. Uh, <laughs> I meant to ask you guys at the beginning, did either of you get the Harry Potter Pop Funko calendar this year? Yes. No. That, so, Ellie would choke so you on got it. Harry, Ginny, and Luna so far? Yes. Wait, I, is it Luna or is it? I thought it was a Bobaton. Oh, uh, maybe it's Fleur. I, I couldn't it was tell Luna. which one it was. I had to ask Hannah, and she's like, "I think it's Fleur." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> I'll take her word for it." Yeah, I also got also the Marvel Advent Calendar, same spiel, and so far I got Iron Man, Captain America, and the Hulk. Oh my gosh! Are they Christmassy or are they just in their little normal? Just things? in their Dude. normal costumes. Oh, man. You might have an addiction. I needed both. I really did need both. I mean, I could have. I'd be happy with both. Plus, when they went on pre- for, up for pre-order in July, they were on, both on sale. So I got both for like under 50 bucks combined. Oh, man. Wow, that's not bad. No, mm. not at all. And also, speaking of Captain America, Knives Out, I can't recommend enough. Is that it movie good? Is fantastic. One of the best like originals films I've seen in a long time. Oh, I'm excited. It's like such a good whodunit. Can't recommend it enough. That's awesome, man. Yep. We're talking about good movies. We've got really, really, really good movies. Um, which Anthony's gonna say something about debatable. (laughs) Yeah, coming up, (laughs) leading up in the weeks to Christmas. So next week. We are going to be covering Scrooged, which I think is the one that Tom and I are biting our nails on, if that's one of the ones that Anthony doesn't like. It um, can't be. Bill, I don't think so either. Bill Murray's Scrooged. Um, and then the week after that, we're covering White Christmas, the classic White Christmas. Classic? Uh-huh. And then the week of Christmas, we're covering It's a Wonderful Life. That's not the week of Christmas. It's the week not after. The week after Christmas, we're covering It's a Wonderful Life. We've got really good movies coming up. And I think that means our social media is probably going to light up even more than it already has been. It's been on fire. If you haven't been active on our social media yet, we're going to make it easy. Just go to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, or slash Facebook group and jump in the conversation. Let us know what you think. Our Facebook group is ridiculously active, and I feel overwhelmed. And uh, apparently earlier tonight, I was advocating one of our listeners divorce her husband. Uh, Oh, my gosh. What? (laughs) Bridget posted a meme of, like, it's it's like me listening to Christmas music, my boyfriend, and it's a cat, like, bobbing his head and dancing, and the boyfriend and the other cat looks really annoyed. 
And I said, it might be time for a breakup. Oh my gosh. <laughs> didn't know, didn't realize that was her husband. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new patron we'd like to welcome. Let's welcome Emily Atkinson to our Patreon family. Thank you, Emily, for joining us. Thanks, uh, Emily. We look Yay. forward to hearing more from you about what you think of the podcast. Uh, I, I will say, just to go back to Julia's little announcement of the two movies coming up, three movies coming up, that I'm not going to say which ones I like or not like. I will say It's a Wonderful Life is placed perfectly between Christmas and New Year's. So let that be a hint about it's what... It's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> And with that, y'all, <laughs> we have. This is just ridiculous to even say anymore, y'all. Like we're gonna. It is. We're we're quickly running out of like. No, 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 no! Don't don't say it's ridiculous, Tom. Because you know what? We only have a few. <laughs> we have three weeks left of it being the good numbers before we're back crying when we announce the number. <laughs> no, all I'm saying is there are only 384 hours until Christmas. Sixteen days. Two weeks. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. If you were leaving your job, if you gave your notice today, <laughs> you'd be done at Christmas. You'd be done at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're advocating for that, unless that's what you want to do, and then by all means. <laughs> if you're if you're a mall Santa and fed up with the job. <laughs> Oh, there you go. You are on a timeline. (laughs) All right. So do your homework. Do your homework. Watch Scrooged. Oh, I will. I'm looking forward to our discussion next week, guys. Me too. Bye, gang. Bye. Bye. Bye.